welcome to Going Off Track. Welcome. I'm Jonah. And I'm Brad. And it is a Friday. Hey, TGIF! Yes, you're, you're listening to this on a Wednesday, but yeah, it is a Friday. And Brad, you got a big weekend coming up? I just looked at the calendar. Looks like I got three birthday parties to go to. Are these adult or child Not birthdays? Not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> In fact... I have soccer tomorrow, 9 a.m. Yep. Woo. So when, like, soccer, one of these parties, just as someone who, like, knows nothing about kids, can you just, like, drop your kids off and go do stuff, like, get a beer and come back, or do you have to sort of be present the whole time? Like, because there's other adults supervising everything, I'd imagine. The birthday parties, generally up to a certain age, it's always adult supervision. But that said, I was shocked, you know, like, when my daughter... You know, when Barrett was little, like, and we started going to party, probably like two or three, you know, I was still like kind of living the life. I was still DJing and stuff. So like I'd go to this party at 10 o'clock on a Saturday and there'd be a bucket of iced Coronas and all these other dads were just stoked <laughs> to be fucking pounding beers at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's the best. And, uh, I wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah, I was still like trying to, I was still, you know, I was just needed a coffee at that point. You know, I'd been fucking DJ until five in the morning. The right. Before. Now I'm different. Now I, now I appreciate the TGIF. It's funny yeah. because now I have a day job and I still don't drink beer at 10 o'clock, but at noon, but that's the vibe, dude. Like a lot of parents kind of mingling yeah that's cool and uh, having some wine or i never drink really during the day when i'm just at home no no but maybe if you were you know at a three-year-old's birthday party oh definitely yeah screaming yeah infants yeah running between your legs i would have earplugs i would i'd need to probably something stronger than you know you have to be drunk to survive parenthood apparently i can imagine (laughs) Um, that's really and that's a, that's a, <laughs> I have uh, way too many friends who had alcoholic parents growing up to that's see ins- something like that. Our latest installment of parenting advice from Brad. <laughs> uh, t- today, moving along, <laughs> today on the podcast, Sorry, guys. <laughs> we have, uh, I asked Nick how to pronounce his last name and I know I'm going to mess it up. Uh, Thorburn. Thor- yep. You got it's it. It's a great name. It is we, a great name. Which we talked to him about. We did. We talked about his name. And uh, they have not one, but two records coming out this Friday. Um, one is called Should I Remain Here at Sea? And the other one is called Taste. And they are two separate albums that come out on the same day. Just to be clear. Just um, to clarify. Just to clarify. It's not a double album. It's not a user Illusion 1 and 2 situation. Which it's... Uh, it's just two albums, same day. Not that complicated, but just so we're clear. Uh, so yeah, we talked about the albums, which was interesting. We talked a lot about politics, about Canada. He's Nick's Love Canadian. Talking about Canada. We talked about uh, Nick is has a film that's debuting tonight at the Tribeca Film Festival called That Dog, starring Natasha Leggero and Michael Sarah and sounds really interesting. Tim Heidecker, a bunch of cool people, and hopefully. He also, I've seen it by the time this comes out. Yeah, he's going to send it to me, so I'll, I'll nice. shoot it over. And also, uh, Nick has composed the music for both seasons of the podcast Serial, which is pretty cool. And he talks about how he doesn't really like doing any of that stuff because he just <laughs> wants to record music and play shows, which I totally can understand and relate to. Um, if you want to check out Islands, uh, they're going to be on tour pretty much for a month from... Uh, May 19th to June 11th, um, they're starting in Montreal and they're doing sort of the East Coast and then later in then in June, they're doing the West Coast. So East Coast, West Coast, uh, we talked about that too. If you're in the middle, um, probably not going to catch islands this time around, but guess what? You can jump on an airplane. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's cheap. Find a cheap flight. Go to kayak or something. Yeah, man. You want to come visit New York anyway, right? Yeah, come to New York. There's, yeah, come to, go to Philly. You know what? Go to Philly. Yeah, Philly will probably be a little logistically easier. It's a nice town. Let's see where the Philly show's at. It's at Johnny Brenda's. Great place. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, check out Islands. Pick up both of their records on Friday. 
Check their tour dates um, if you want to check them out live. Um, please support this podcast serial that, that Nick does. I really need your help even more than <laughs> us. And uh, check out his film. He probably has like 800 other things going on that we didn't even get to talk about. But um, yeah, here is Nick Thorburn from Islands. Nick, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Thorburn. 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 Got it. Yeah. Is that your stage name or (laughs) that's your legitimate name? That's my government name, my (laughs) government-issued name. Yeah. Um, Diamonds is kind of my stage name, kind of, kind of. Gotcha. But I sort of aged out of that. (laughs) But yeah, Thorburn, that's the family. Yeah. Family name. It's a weird... I think it's... I used to think it was cool, but it's kind of weird. What's the origin of it, do you know? I think it's Scottish via, via like, maybe Norway going way back. But I think it's Scott. I mean, it's Scottish. Gotcha. Or something. I don't fucking know. Where Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Canada, West Coast. Like, it's kind of near Vancouver. Okay, gotcha. Kinda. Yeah. So, Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty cool place, though. I mean, jeez. Western Canada. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like... It's beautiful. I've been to Vancouver, but that's it. But mm-hmm. it's it is beautiful. You know, yeah. When you're in Vancouver and you look out and you see all the beauty, that's that's the rest of it. That's what the rest of it looks like. Yeah, just yeah. Mountain, <laughs> just I have a cousin that lives. I can't remember the town, man. He lives in this town that's in the mountains that uh, that just is completely sustains itself on weed. <laughs> like that's the economy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a huge economy, and he does um, like metalwork. For essentially for all these has no fingers, <laughs> lost all his fingers. <laughs> but he like he does like all like fancy balconies and stuff for guys uh-huh. that are building big houses that they and all the and the money's all from growing marijuana. Yeah, it's a big industry. Yeah, I hear he I does it, um, extreme skiing. Or yeah, skiing. This dude sounds like a cool motherfucker. Yeah, we should man. have him on the podcast. <laughs> he would be good. He's, so he drops from helicopters. That's that yeah, is. and I think also does like where they goes up in snowmobile. Any place that doesn't have an actual like ski lift, right? However, he needs to get up there, Off and then he skis through the trees and stuff. I was I don't know why the other night I was like researching. I was like, how Sonny Bono died. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just reading articles about. I don't know why I just like was like this is like pretty. People don't talk of it's like a huge celebrity, and like that's like a pretty crazy way to go. He was well, he was skiing, but what's are there details that are crazy? No, they're basically just like, yeah, he was skiing in a tree. Same with Natasha uh, Henstridge, William Neeson's lady, she was an actress. Oh, yeah, she died hitting a tree too, and then now everyone wears helmets when yeah. they ski. Oh, really? Before the before even Sonny Bono didn't change shit, but when yeah. she died, it was like. All right, now everybody wears helmets. Really? Yeah, I haven't been skiing since I was like 12. Exactly. I hadn't, since I was 12, then a few years ago I went up and skied. And I was like, what the fuck? Everyone wears helmets? Like, I thought it was just, like, no, if no, you're kind of new and you're kind of... Right. But even the instructors are like, well, we wear them, man. You don't have to wear them if you don't want, but we all, everyone wears them. And it's kind of weird not to. And I only saw two people that whole weekend that didn't have them. Wow. And they, I thought they were such assholes. Like, you f- <laughs> well, you're it's, so unsafe. It's not, um... You're going to be wearing a hat. And it's not like when you're like yeah, riding a bike you and you want the wind through your hair yeah. and you're like in a spring day. It's like you're going to be bundled up anyway. Like you're going to yeah. have something on your head. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not such a big deal. It's yeah, that's true. Fred of mine, he's a really, really good skier. Um, like really good. Uh, I remember around the time of Sunny, right before Sunny Bono, I think it was. <clears throat> he came back from Europe and he was like, dude, everybody in Europe wears helmets when they ski. And he goes, I'm going to start a fucking company. I'm going to, and like, there's no, he goes, I look, there's no cool helmets here in the States. Mm-hmm. Like they make some helmets, but they just don't look cool. He goes, I'm going to start a fucking company that makes cool ski helmets. Mm. And like, dude, had he done that, he would be, he'd be all set now. Yeah. Cause then like, yeah, there was like those tragedies. Oh, he didn't do it. No, he didn't do it. Fuck. He just lost a million dollars. I was reading that Steve Jobs book. Have you read that? And no. like. It's so crazy because they go back to all these people who were like, Steve Jobs asked to invest in Apple like when it was starting out <laughs> and asked for like five grand. Yeah. And now it would be worth like 20 bajillion dollars. And mm-hmm. they go back to them like, what do you think about that? And they're like, well, 
I wish I'd sort of done it, but things worked out fine. Like, it's like, I feel like I would be like, don't bring it up to me again. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Did they they talk about the guy There was, they call him the third partner who set up the contract, the original, like, agreement with, with him and, um. Wozniak? Yeah. I'm sure they do. I don't remember all the details, but they get really in depth. It's like 800 pages There was this third guy, I can't remember his name, who was like their mentor. And Steve asked him to kind of set up the books and, and a con- the original contract for the company. And and in exchange, he was like, I don't know if he's an equal partner, but he essentially, and, and he, 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 he initially had this percentage of the company. I don't know what it was, but it would now be worth like $30 billion or something, like some insane amount of money, like in the bees. And, uh, <laughs> He he and he and he gave it up because he didn't want his name on the. They, they were doing some like business venture, and he's like, ah, you know, I don't really want to be responsible if this doesn't work out. So just take my name off the off the partnership. Yeah. What a loser! Yeah, <laughs> that dude sucks. <laughs> he does. Uh, it's a born loser. He claims <laughs> to have no regrets. <laughs> uh, so Nick, uh, you have some music coming out. Oh yeah, do you like starting? That transit. Well, this is all part we of it. We just do this. Oh, yeah, cool. this is kind of how we roll. We just do like this it. and then figure out where to start. Yeah, cool. Um, so, I used to just want to say that guy wasn't a loser. I think he's, <laughs> he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a close friend of all <laughs> yeah. of ours. Uh, I used to see unicorns. I used to live in Cleveland. Mm. Um, so I feel like at the grog shop or, oh God, yeah. or something. You guys had that record, like who will cut their hair and what who will cut, cut our hair when we're gone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I used to listen to that. <laughs> Um, a lot. It was very oh, colorful. Cool. Yes. Yeah. It was. That was probably, what, like 10 years ago? More? Uh, 12. 12? Coming on 12, yeah. Wow. Baker's uh, a dozen. <laughs> or actually just a dozen. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and you have this double record thing coming out now, <clears throat> which is Islands. But Correct. you guys have done like seven records or something? Yeah, these will be our sixth and seventh. Okay. They're they're not actually a double. I mean, they're coming out on the same day, but they're... And they're not even like yin and yang. They're just two Islands records that uh, are different. And so it's not like User Illusion 1 and 2. It's not. Or Nelly's Sweat Suit. Uh, <laughs> they're just... <laughs> they're just... Um, one's kind of electronic, you know, drum machines and synths kind of. And one is a little more natural, like guitar-based stuff. Okay, so, so more like remember when like Bright Eyes did that Digital Ash? Yes, and the, yeah, I guess I'm wide awake. Not that you're copying <clears throat> that, but I'm just saying like maybe a similar vibe. Yeah, right, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. It's like Guns N' Roses meets Bright Eyes. That's kind of the. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like if Conor Oberst was fronting Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Because Axel's too busy doing ACDC, so they had to get bring in a guy. Did you see the footage from Vegas? No. Did you see it? I think I saw a photo. He's in a big throne, right? <laughs> so insane. <laughs> so insane. I, I have like a whole conspiracy theory about it. I think, about Axel? <laughs> yeah, because it's like all these tickets went on sale for so much money. They all sold out. And then, like, I think he's just super out of shape. And you watch those old videos. Like, I saw them in the 90s. Like, he's running back and forth the whole show. And his hips, man. Yeah. Sexy. So, yeah. And his (laughs) hip, exactly. That's his whole move. Yeah. So they played the Troubadour where he couldn't really move around because it was a small stage. That was fine. And then when he starts doing these big shows on huge stages, all of a sudden he can't move. (laughs) I think when you're anything that you're talking about, Axl Rose, you never have to use the word conspiracy or theory. You can just say, I have an observation. Yeah. It's true. No evidence, but I'm just speculating. (laughs) I'd heard this industry story years ago that he had this woman who lived in Arizona that was his consultant for everything. She was like his advisor. She was kind of a psychic and she lived in the the desert somewhere in Arizona. And to anyone to reach Axel, this would be like 15 years ago, kind of in the, in the, but before Chinese democracy. And when they were trying to get that record finished and try to get him back on the scene, to reach him, they had to go through this woman, and she was a tiny, old, old, frail old woman, and they all called her Yoda because she was this wise <laughs> old lady. And they had to, and she was a psychic. And so, for anything that Axel, any question that they had to ask, had to go through her. And she was probably just like making it up, but but he had he listened to her, so she, so she was the 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 vessel, you know. <laughs> we had we had a guy on the podcast who's a base tech for. Um, He's a friend of mine. He was a bass tech for uh, um, 
who's playing? Was it Tommy Stinson? Yeah. He was a bass tech for Tommy Stinson. Right. And he said Axel has this like whole like Brazilian inner circle mm. where you can't really get to him because <laughs> I guess his manager or something needs this whole mm-hmm. Brazilian crew. And he toured with them for months and met him like, well, I think once or twice. He was like, the crew stayed at different hotels. Like, he's like, you never really interact. That sounds fun. Yeah. Is that sort of how you <laughs> that's operate? What, that's why we all do it, right? Is that how you operate on yeah. tour with Islands? I try to keep, yeah, I try to keep some space um, between myself and the rest of the band. I fly. The world. The world and the band. But yeah, I, try, I fly from show to show and they, they drive. Um, that's kind of how it, just to establish the hierarchy. Yeah, you know? no, that's smart. You got to keep them in line. Yep. Um, so I was sort of reading about these records. It sounds like you did a lot of live tracking. Yeah. Um, why did you sort of decide? Because me and Brad obviously are in the studio a lot. I feel like there's definitely like a quality to that where you can definitely tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that something you've done a lot in the past or is that sort of something new or? It's kind of always what we do. Yeah. We, and usually it's, it's, it's efficient, you know, instead of tracking just the bass or just the drums and then having to go back and like, rip, you know, and zoom in on this guitar part or whatever. It's like, let's just all, let's rehearse and let's figure out how to play the song in completion you know because that's ultimately you know what we're doing here we're a band we're we're not a studio project we're a band so we should be able to play these songs um we should be able to get through the song so let's rehearse and it's also a matter of um uh, money saving i mean the less time we spend in the studio the less money we save and if we can get this track live then we've got it so so are you guys like when you go in is it pretty much all like you practice a lot you have everything sort yeah. of figured out because yeah. i'm in a band i feel like half the time it's like that and half the time it's like was this sound good does this sound, like i feel like some things come out under the microscope like when you're in the studio you hear certain things and you might um you might discover new things because there's a little more focus but yeah for the most part we're we're completely um everything's pretty much hammered in you know yeah <laughs> i mean do you do do you really do everything or do you do like do vocals over or we'll do vocal yeah i mean there's a couple of songs on the new record that are vocals are live um wow that's impressive because i try to always have a couple on the record that are done live just for feeling and for yeah but you really got to get the right take i mean yeah. it's, and you have to be set up well too obviously it was a little bit of a pain in the ass yeah we had to baffle the hell out of me and i actually was in the control room to be away from the band and stuff but that's dude that just keeps coming up your separation from the rest of your well you know (laughs) they're they're losers (laughs) it's sad um i was sort of reading um the press release sort of about like the the lyrics and maybe sort of the concepts on the record and Mm -hmm. the one thing that really drew me that i wasn't familiar with was this death drive the mm. i guess freud freud's de- could you explain maybe what what that is and maybe how that i mean it sounds like maybe a little bit like complicated or like <laughs> not the funnest thing but i, I don't know. i don't i'm i'm a philistine i just sort of like i catch wind of these cons these vague concepts and i and i try to latch onto them but i don't know anything about anything but uh but but the de- yeah the death drive the, uh, and I- islands has actually has a song called death drive from our previous record ski mask um and i think it's just this idea that all humans have this have this inclination towards absolute annihilation um we all yeah i mean it, it's obviously deeper than that that's just the the tag on the box but uh yeah, I don't know. Would that cause you to yeah. for, say like vote for like somebody who is probably going to decimate your entire society? <laughs> I hope you're not talking about my man Cruz. <laughs> talking uh, about Nick's much wearing all of them. Nick's wearing a Cruz t-shirt right now. Yeah. Um No, that's right. I just heard about that phrase the other night uh, or last night, burn burn it or burn it. Burn Bernie or burn it or something and it's like if we don't get Bernie we're going to like scorch the earth basically and <laughs> vote for trump which seems crazy but, but i mean it's right up there with that oh it theory. does seem like i mean even that aside like just like environmentally it's like we are sort of like a cancer on the planet like we are like destroying it slowly that does mm-hmm. seem like a natural inclination mm-hmm. 
There was, who said this? There was a quote. I'm going to get it totally wrong, but I'm going to paraphrase it. Quoting Donald Trump? (laughs) It was about, it was about the concerns of, you know, it was essentially like all these concerns about the environment are completely selfish. And yeah, if you want to survive, like we should get our shit together. But this person was saying, don't worry about the earth. The earth has been here for millions of years and will be here long after man dies. And at some point, if you don't get it together, she will shrug you off like a bad cold. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. March on. Well, yeah, (laughs) for sure. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Humans are in way more trouble than the planet is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Do you make songs about that on the record? (laughs) Sort of. It seems like you do have some stuff about like... um, not maybe not environmental, but sort of that type of like, yeah. And the first Islands record has a song called Humans and a song called Volcanoes, both about those those things, not just volcanoes, but yeah. I try to yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think um, Islands has like a, a nature um, a focus on on the natural world. Yeah. And would you say like I read some stuff saying like you had some kind of more overtly political stuff on this record? I mean, mm-hmm. was that? A conscious thing for you is it just the election season or is it just sort of figure into this or when we were making the record last summer it was when it was when the uh, it was around the time the baltimore um situation was happening and uh and and um yeah it was just on my mind all the the, the michael brown we were in um st louis r- right after ferguson happened and some guy i made some comment on the stage about you know rest in peace to michael brown or whatever and um some people got really pissed off weirdly and then another guy came up to us after and he was organizing this event and he wanted to and then this other guy wanted to show us take us to ferguson just to see it and um so it was really really powerful and and yeah last summer all that there was still more police brutality and and that kind of thing going on um so yeah it just sort of came out there was a couple songs um one on each record that sort of deal with police brutality and race in america and and just i I mean first of all i'm I'm a white kid from canada i I don't have um any right to be (laughs) making any kind of statements about this stuff but i think about i feel things and i just um it just those are the two songs that just had lyrically were not written yet um like i I said that i everything's usually finished when we go into the studio but on these records i left a a little bit of room to co-write with the band because usually i write all the songs but on some of these songs on the new records i wanted to to bring in the band because they're so great um so anyway, so a couple of songs were left open, ended a little bit, and then all this stuff was happening, and it just uh, came out of me. Yeah, we, my band was actually on tour, and we were supposed to play St. Louis the day after the riots, mm. and we canceled the show because we, I'm trying to remember, like we didn't want people to have to drive through there. I can't remember, but some people were really mad at us for canceling, mm. and like the promoter, something happened, we said something, the promoter got mad at us. It was mm. a very, really weird time. It's sort of not used especially in the United States, like you're not used to sort of having that kind of stuff happening where it's like, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's happening. It is. I mean, what's, how do you sort of view all this stuff? Like as coming from Canada, I mean, like, cause I know like, I'm obviously a big fan of like a lot of Canadian bands, like political bands, like propaganda or whatever. <laughs> I love propaganda. Yeah. But except it's great that in Canada, it's it, you know we say everything with a hard A, but it's it's propagandy. Uh, propagandy? Yeah. Oh my god, I've been saying this wrong for no, like no, twenty you're, years. You're saying it correctly, but in Canada, you know we we have a hard A on everything, so we we right. we like eating pasta and watching dramas and listening to propagandy. So how islands would be still islands? Islands would still be islands. Okay. Yeah. There's a there's there's a couple that could, yeah that make it through, but but I do know like there's an element with them of like they're obviously so uh, like as political as you can get sort of, but like yeah. you don't understand American politics. You're from Canada, like yeah. sort of like negating. And I feel like it's sort of similar what you're saying when you're like, well, I'm a white Canadian, shouldn't be talking about race, but it's also like I totally get that. But I also mm. feel like you're also a human who yeah. has like feelings and opinions, yeah. like. 
So I think I always think that's like a tricky thing when people are like negating what you're saying and you're like, I under, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just tricky. Well, it's a it's a bit of a tightrope, but it's it's all about how you like. I would never want to sermonize or be too <clears throat> like didactic about my feelings about things. Like it's more where I'm coming from is more observational um, and less um, instructional. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's a good approach. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Yeah. I mean, obviously, people are going to get upset because just Dan Knick. But <laughs> the truth is, yeah, you're more objective than being here. Mm. It's like, you know, I mean, I read, I get most of my news, like, from BBC, you know, and even the U.S. BBC news is so much more, like, even. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, like, it's not just that it's more objective, but it's it just covers more important news. It's like... It seems like when I look at it, it's like what I remember sort of the nightly news being when mm. I was a kid, which is just like kind of covering, covering all the important news instead of just fucking celebrities and yeah idiots and I'm, going nuts on politics and I don't know. I was, I was on Facebook the other day. I was at this girl's house and I don't know why I was up and like they have like a news thing on the side and I was like, this is crazy. Did you know about this? Did you know about this? Like I was like, cause I was cr-. and she was like do you ever watch the news? I was like, no, I don't cable. And she's like, do you ever, I was like, she's like, you just don't know anything. So like all this Facebook news is like blowing your mind. Like you're just, you're so uninformed. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) It's hard to stay up on everything. How do you sort of get your news? Um, do you know TMZ? (laughs) TMZ. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I live in LA, so I don't know what news is. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It's nice to be blissfully ignorant. LA is great for that. Yeah. We yeah. just had, who do we just have on? Oh, Robert Schwartzman, we just had on. Mm. Um, and he had like a studio out there and it sounded like sort of paradise. I was just out there actually. <laughs> it sounded like paradise. Yeah. LA. Yeah. What were you doing? I was um, working on this. Uh, this creative project. I was staying stayed in Echo Park mm-hmm. with my friend, um, and then I stayed in this area I never heard of called Beachwood Canyon. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who um, who has a really nice house there, who worked in music management for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty swanky. Yeah, yeah, Beachwood's nice. Yeah, it's a lot of those music people up there. Yeah, hiding in the hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like the hills. What area <clears throat> are you in? I'm in Los Feliz, okay. yeah. which is which is close to Beachwood. Yeah. That's my favorite name. I feel like because you can walk to stuff. <clears throat> yeah. It's not yeah. as like, it doesn't feel as trendy or dry as yeah, it's, Silver Lake. Yeah, it's a little bougie and, and but it's not as, it's not as hip, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's just kind of bland, but <laughs> it is nice to walk and I like to bike. I like to ride right. my bicycle, so um can kind of bike all over like to hollywood to silver lake to wherever and then all the stuff in between in the neighborhood and stuff and you so. got house of pies i do i live only a few blocks from house of pies <laughs> when i was <laughs> there once. last month i went to oh what's a the chicken and waffle place Ro- uh, roscoe roscoe's. Uh, roscoe's i went there for the first time yeah that's pretty fun I saw, or I wait yeah roscoe's yeah, roscoe's. Right? yeah. Then not sanku chicken i haven't been there okay then i saw it at the drive-in at the fonda Okay. That was pretty fun. Oh, right. But, um, so you were in Canada, then you lived in... I saw Henry, uh, Jane Fonda at the drive-in, actually, at the, uh, Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was so stupid. Can we edit that out? No, no, no. That was great. (laughs) I was at the show, uh, and I was with my friend Trevor, and, you know, like, they're so... I've never been in a venue where it's like, I guess they don't want you to sell your tickets, so once you get your tickets, you can't leave. Like... I had to pick up my tickets at Will Call, and then I was like, and you had going to, go to a bar. In. Well, no, they were like, I was like, can I go? And they're like, yeah, but you have to leave your tickets at the box office. That's and I was weird. like, but okay. Ticket check? <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't want you to uh, duplicate them or something? I, no, I think like they didn't want you to like get the tickets, leave, and sell them to someone. Right. They want, once you have your tickets, you, so, it, hmm. but, so there's no outs, and I was like, whatever. So I went, I came back, I picked up my tickets again, and I was walking in, and Henry Rollins was walking out. And this woman who worked there was like, no outs. And he just like walked past her. And my friend Trevor, who's like, this tiny guy was like, that guy was in Black Flag. 
And like this woman clearly did not know or care who Black mm-hmm. Flag was, and she's like, uh huh. And he's like, you know, like you like. And she was, like, it was, it was just, it was really funny. Mm-hmm. They didn't be there. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was I talking about? Yeah. L.A. So you moved. He's from- just a person too. He's got to follow the rules like everybody. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Unless I just- he's Axl Rose, he's got to play by the rules. <laughs> uh, he would like. Um, so is that on the record? I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you moved from Canada to New York. Yeah, I'm, I was in Montreal before. Okay, what did you like living here, or what was your kind of New York experience like? Uh, I've been here for like nine years. Brad's been here for like fifty years. For like a hundred <sighs> years. Yeah. Um, I think I might have been allergic to New York. Yeah, I, I thought I was dying when I lived here. <laughs> It wasn't a, the best fit for me. Um, it's amazing. I mean, New York's incredible. It's it's this amorphous living creature. Um, the first time I did mushrooms, I was in Central Park and just couldn't believe. This was like 13 years ago now, but just couldn't believe how uh, the city just. I mean, it's it's a cliche, but it just felt like a, an organism, you know, and. Um, I, lo- I love it. I loved living here. Um, but I think I got a little, yeah, I think I got a little stressed out. It made my stomach hurt. Yeah. Made me have to pee all the time. Because <laughs> there's no place to well, pee. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. There's no public restrooms. But I don't know. It just, I think it was just a little, it was, it was a little too high, high, uh, high strung for me. Yeah, it is. I like LA, but I feel like there's just too many people. See, I, I, yeah, it seems like there's way more people in New York. LA's so spread out. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> LA's like this, and New York's like this. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write a think piece about why you were leaving New York when you moved? No, but I just want to say I wish people would stop moving to LA from New York <laughs> because they're, everyone comes to LA and they're like, oh, it's only this much for this apartment, and then they're willing to pay for it, and then our rent goes up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The rent has gone. It's gotten out of control, dude. How are we supposed to get sober? Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's true. where are we gonna go? No, it's true. When I was Dry there, out. I don't know any. I'm just, all I know, I don't. I only know people that went there to get sober. Mash yeast. <laughs> Wait, you know John Lennon? And, is that what he did? You know oh, no, John he, Lennon. Yeah. No, he actually he partied harder in <laughs> in L.A. I think. I feel like yeah, all my friends who moved out there from New York. Like a couple of years ago, where like you get so much more for your money, it's so much more space. And now, last time I was out there, they're like it's kind of the same as like Williamsburg or something. Or like yeah. I live in like Ridgewood, a little further out. Okay, but I think it's like yeah, you want to get more for your money, go to St. Louis. Let me tell you, yeah, mm. boy, yeah, you can actually <laughs> buy St. Louis for the price of my two bedroom apartment. Yeah, on I the lower side. But um, <laughs> do you feel like? The cost of living has really gone up in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. I mean, too. I can't leave. I can't leave my place because it's it's yeah, it's a it's a steal now. Yeah. It wasn't four years ago, but right. It is, so I feel that's how I am with everything. Like just like a little too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's your. That's your. You life mean you'd story? want to move to LA, but you missed the window closed? Yeah, sort of. And now I'm like, I guess I'm just here. We got to burn easier. it down. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta vote in, get Trump and Cruz on the same ticket. You gotta ticket. find the next place, dude. You gotta be the cool kid. I guess so. Go to Palm Springs. Well, I'm from Pioneer. Cleveland. I could go back there. Go back to Cleveland. That's cool. Like, I don't know. Centrally located. There's some cool stuff there now, but I just feel like I'd be kind of bored. I don't really have a lot of friends. Cleveland yeah. Heights. Cleveland Heights. Great area. My mom went to uh, Cleveland Heights High School. I really, yeah, I, I go to, I've been to Cleveland so many times, but it's almost always right by the grog it's either grog shop or one one or twice i've maybe gone to the beachland beachland yeah those are the two coolest venues yeah the beach one's in kind of a weird neighborhood it is uh the grog shop that's pretty much like the best street in yeah. cleveland so yeah. that's like if you have to go somewhere <laughs> yeah. that's actually pretty good yeah although i'll be honest that area kind of like used to be way cooler it feels almost like it's turning into a mall it sort of is and it's very like when I was there, there was all these like weird shops and stuff. I used to yeah. go there in high school and just there used to be a coffee shop where the grog shop was called the Arabica. I saw Jewel play there. Um, Whoa! But we used to just sit there and smoke cigarettes and mm-hmm. like talk about bad religion or whatever. <laughs> and then now everything sort of turned into like a sports bar. Like now there's mm-hmm. like eight sports bars at movie theaters, like a huge sports bar. Like it's just very yeah, kind of like 
isn't the same. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Cleveland. <laughs> Don't go back. <laughs> Do you go back to Canada a lot? I try to. Yeah. Yeah. My folks are still there. My sister's there, and I try to keep a keep a toe. Aside from like the whole hard A thing, uh-huh. um, do you can you like do you notice like a difference between the two, or is it sort of like we're all just people? Like, per, like per, US? yeah, I mean, like personality wise, like if you meet someone, aside from like their accent or whatever, yeah, do you think I, there's I, a different mentality for sure, for sure, for sure. Canada's uh, after living here, living in America for as long as you know, it's been. I guess I've been nine years here in the U.S. Um, and I'm 34, so do the math. Um, <clears throat> Canada seems more a lot more deferential it, behaviorally. Like you're not going to have that kind of um, I don't know. I'll say this politely because I don't mean like if I say like a sense of entitlement. It, I don't mean in this like America just has this general sort of sense of like. Um, I think it's just a very capitalist sort of mentality where it's like, I've, I've deserved this. I have a right to this. Whereas Canada has this a lot more of, um, yeah, just a, a little gentler. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's less, it's less a culture of violence and, um, greed, I guess. But I love, that makes me sound like a, I don't like them. Yeah, but the facts back you up, so it's okay. Yeah, but look, Canada's not perfect. We, it has a lot of a lot of problems. Um, but um, you got some junkies out there in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, we we do. Few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have we have problems dealing with our past, with our history of racism too. It, it's not all roses, but uh, but yeah, people are a little quieter and, and apologize. Like if you step on someone's shoe in Canada, they'll apologize okay. to you. Oh, you know. But if you if you step on someone's shoe here, you know, you might get shot. <laughs> I'm more interested in e- East versus, because I, I don't really know Western Canada. And it just seems like there's such a huge physical divide, even more than in our country. Well, I think East 80% of the Canadian population lives within 100 miles of the U.S. border. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So it is an east and it's not so much a north and south thing. It's it's mostly east and west with with yeah. Canada. Um, and to get from the east <clears throat> to the west is like it's a big jump. Yeah, it takes we take a horse and carriage. It'll take you because we still that's mostly our <laughs> main method of transport. We're a simple folk, <laughs> but like, but in terms of people, I guess that's what I'm curious about. Like, because you lived in Montreal, I did. So do you find that? Within like Western Canadians versus Eastern Canadians, I guess is what I'm. Even Montreal, you wouldn't really consider the east of Canada because Canada keeps going past. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I've been to Halifax. You have, <laughs> so that's and even it even keeps going past Halifax too, uh, to Newfoundland, which is a great, amazing province. Um, I don't know if I notice. I mean, every place is different, but every place is also the same. Like Canadians are all different but they're all kind of the same just like and we're all canadians are just like americans in the same we all read the same shit and watch the same movies and stuff you know it's all the same i don't we're not this i'm not burn it all down (laughs) jonah and i are not the same as people from mississippi just so you know you're from mississippi no we're not oh it's the same as people from mississippi I don't know. Not to dismiss. Uh, I just had a really weird flashback. <laughs> Do you know that actress, um, Alicia Cuthbert? Mm-hmm. She's Canadian. Not personally, but yeah. And I interviewed her for Alternative Press like 12, like when that movie The Girl Next Door came out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? I never saw it, but... No, it's actually title. really good. I got really into it for some reason. Um, they use a Youth of Today song in it for a second. What's the hook on that movie? So the hook is that she moves to this neighborhood... And falls, this guy, the next door neighbor kid, like, sort of falls in love with her. Mm -hmm. She's, like, the hottest girl he's ever seen. And Mm -hmm. then they sort of get together, and then he finds out she, like, did porn. So so then, yeah, it's kind of a weird plot. So then they, like, he finds out, and, like, it gets super weird. But it's, like, a comedy. It's, like, kind of like a teen comedy Uh with this really weird premise. Mm -hmm. Um. But I interviewed her and I was like kind of nervous and I, 
it was like so i was like i read some interview where she talked about how she liked taco bell i was like so you like taco bell she's like i guess and i'm like what do you like to order Mm -hmm. and then i was like uh so what do you think of tom cochran and she was like what i was like canadian musician you wrote life is a highway and she had no idea what i was talking she's like that guy was canadian Really? And it just went downhill from there. She's yeah. very nice, but it was... Was it a phoner or were you in person? It was a phoner, okay. but I was, I was still nervous doing a sure, phoner, which yeah. is like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was very nice, though. She's, yeah. <laughs> and then I found out she was like dating a hockey player or something. And I was like, this is never going to work out between us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were trying to get in there. I mean, sort of. I thought maybe my Tom Cochran and Taco sure, Bell might sure. just be so charming that... Yeah. Didn't happen that way. You were gonna ask her out on a on a date to Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, um, I have some Taco Bell bucks somewhere. I yeah, can impress yeah. her with. Do you want to spend the next six hours uh, shitting your <laughs> <laughs> shitting through a needle? Do you do you, either? Of you guys follow Neil Hamburger on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he, no. <laughs> I love him, but yeah, his uh, his retweets of Taco retweets, Bell. Whenever someone gets food poisoning or sick from Taco Bell, he'll like retweet fifty of them in a row. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a constant. I think people are constantly tweeting about getting yeah, sick. Yeah, it seems like there's no shortage. Um, it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Are you into, like, are you on Twitter, all that stuff? Like, are you into social media? Are you limiting yourself? Are you? Yeah, I your, hate it. I, I think it's garbage. Yeah. But um, I actually had an amazing idea, a dream this morning for a new one. Um, I was, like, half asleep because I couldn't sleep. I was in this, I'm in this weird Airbnb while I'm out here. Um, but the name is called instead of nonsense, it's called one sense and it's a social, it's an app that I think I could, I think would be a thing. Um, and at this, for the record, this is my idea. This is intellectual property. Yeah. Yeah. This counts, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you get connected. You like, it's like a chat room because like chat rooms don't really exist anymore. Right. Yeah. That's true. But it's like, it, it would, it would function. It would be on your phone and it would function like a, text you know when you're in a conversation with like five other people so it max out at five people so you log in you create a username and a profile pic and all that stuff and then it just spits you into a a, a room like at random with five with four other people Ooh, random nice. randomized and then you can go and you can just vent it's all kind of anonymous and obviously you can report if, if it's like hate hate speech or whatever but um you just kind of yeah, you just kind of chat with people. Like if you're bored or if you're like at a bar and you're a loser and no one's texting you and you are sick of looking at it's Instagram, a great idea. you can just chat with strangers and I, it looks like a text conversation. I was lamenting the demise of the kind of like AOL chat yeah. room thing because it's fun. It was fun. And we need to be on our phones a little bit more. That's what I think. So, <laughs> but but I, I mean, no one's doing that. Here's I think an that'd idea be a, for your app. Yeah, be a big idea. One big control thing. for it, right? The mm-hmm. random icing is awesome, but... So on the main screen, you have a, like a, a slider, like a fader mm. that lets you kind of adjust how random it is so that like, mm. like at zero, it only throws you into like, like you have a set Maybe of like interests, yeah. right? Like I love music. I love music production. Great. So at zero, it only throws you into those chapters. Great, but great, great, like great. But 10, it's completely random. Great. Brilliant. I'll steal that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like geo, you could geolocate it and you could, oh, yeah. you know, and you could leave the room and go somewhere else if you want to. Yeah. Picking themes and stuff. It's, it's going to be great. It's like chat roulette meets Snapchat meets Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be big. How are you going to invest your profits? <laughs> what? Billion. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beachwood Canyon, baby. That's a that's billion US dollars. Yeah. Um, a million is nice, but a billion is really nice i think just that's Tur- what people deal with now right billions i guess billions so. is so old mm-hmm. billions a new million um this is gonna be like the worst transition i've done in a while but, uh, <laughs> make it make a sound effect <laughs> speaking of podcasts mm-hmm. um you've done some music for a podcast i have um serial <clears throat> oh right have I you done you music talk for other the... podcasts yeah 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 would you do music for this podcast? <laughs> sure. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, it seems like. <laughs> um, how did how did that stuff sort of come about? Um, that's w- a pretty popular podcast, I think. I it was. It wasn't when they asked me because it didn't exist yet. So Okay. How uh, did they pitch it to you? Like uh, they just said, Hey, do you want to do music for this thing? And it was a they, they, you know, they were an offshoot of or affiliate, affiliated with This American Life, and I was a fan of that, so it was kind of an easy sell. And um, I was recommended 
by a producer there, a friend of mine named Jane. <clears throat> Jane Feltz. Feltz. You know how to say her last name? Feltes? Feltz? Anyway, she, I guess, recommended me to the producers there at Serial. And uh, it was that simple. Did they give you any sort of like direction for it? Like, how did you, <clears throat> like, that's what I'm always curious about. Like, when you just like sit down, you're like, I have to do this. What do I do? They gave me the way no, most non musicians give give direction. <laughs> it's very abstract and like, and sunrisey and like this and that. And, it's, and you kind of just, you kind of can translate, you can kind of interpret what they, they mean when it's non non musicians speaking but uh they, they gave me a, a pilot episode and it was in a rough cut form and i got the sense of the tone of it and um the music that i made for it was it was informed by by that episode okay I created like a library and that was for the first season um <clears throat> yeah and it felt like you know it was like that kind of true crime it felt like it reminded me of twin peaks so i kind of thought of that kind of twangy Oh, Battlementi, like I remember your, the music now. I did, I did. I was thinking I hadn't listened to this podcast, but I have heard. It. I remember the music, yeah. And it was. I was. I, I noticed it. Mm. Nick made that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I'm just waking up. No, yeah, no. Oh, that's interesting. I gotta go listen to it again. What when you heard this rough cut or whatever, were you like, "Wow, this is really good," or were you like, "Oh, this"? I mean, like, did you think like, "Oh, this is going to be like a huge thing"? <clears throat> No, I mean it was compelling. It was compelling, and it it, um, I but I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you you can ever really know when something's going to be a a hit. Otherwise, there'd be hits left and right. Especially you know? a podcast because there aren't really that many mm-hmm. like breakthrough hit podcasts. Because well, this is well, I it's mean, this one and yeah, serial. Right? Pretty much, those are the only two anyone yeah. cares about. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you sort of approach things for the second season? Well, again, it was just, I just gave them some music, yeah. a, a library of music. I le- they gave me some clips and I, yeah, it was, I just gave them some music to use and, and at their discretion. So it, it's less like composer title than just like here, Here's I made some you stuff. some, I made you some, some pieces at That's about sim- a minute. NPR, is it NPR that did that podcast? N- no, it, it's, it's not, no, oh. it, it it's an affiliate of This American Life, which okay. is NPR, but it's it's its own thing. All right. It might be tied in, but they don't air. It doesn't you, air on, on... Have you done other music for, like, This American Life? or? No, I did music for another offshoot, um, the Mystery Podcast or whatever. Mystery. It's kind of cool, like, uh, podcast. This woman, Starly Kine... Um, finds different people who have these mysteries like whatever happened to this video store like it was here and then the next day it was gone when i went to return the video and i never found out why so then she'll go into that and usually it takes the it's like the the small things it's like the the detour that it takes you know is what oh, that sounds cool that does sound what's cool. the name of it the mystery it's, i think it's just called mystery mystery and i did some music for that and uh you know a, a couple other little thing little podcasts that's i'm that guy you get your niche. That's good. Yeah, it's great. It's. I, I mean, it's it. cool because it's probably low, you know, pressure. You know, if somebody was asking you to do a Budweiser commercial, it might be more difficult. But Have I'm you done sure any Budweiser commercials? Or, I'm not. I'm not. Podcasts are probably fun. I mean, would you like to do more, like, sort of commercial? Man, I don't know if it's called commercial, but, like, whatever sinks, whatever. I'd like to buy a house. Yeah. That's, <laughs> You'd like to get that V-Trade I mean, can. to be f- quite frank, I don't like to do any of this shit. Yeah. I want to make records, and I want to tour. I don't even really want to tour. I just want to make records, <laughs> um, and occasionally play live. That's what I want to do. Everything else is just I gotta, I gotta eat. Right. Yeah. Are you for the new sort of island stuff? Are you guys planning on being on the road a lot, or do you feel like as you kind of get older, are you kind of like touring, like breaking it up more, not going out for as long? <clears throat> yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm I'm getting on in in years. I'm 36, and like, yeah, my back hurt. I think for this last yeah. Paul has destroyed my posture. My totally. back always hurts. Yeah, like, yeah, I got all kinds of problems. Yeah, um, this wheelchair though that they gave me, is, <laughs> it's pretty cool, you know. So I'm mostly in a in a chair. Nick is using Axel Rose's chair. <laughs> yeah, Barra. it looks very good. It's a throne, more of a throne. Yeah, I'm fully, and it's got Wi-Fi, and so it's real, real cool. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, it makes me, it makes, <laughs> makes touring a little easier. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're doing a little like East coast run and then a West coast run and kind of skipping the rest, rest of the, 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 the continent yeah, for now. I, I think that's, I think that's always kind <laughs> of a now. good move if you have like, cause it just takes so long to get from here to here and a lot of the times in the middle, like the shows can be very hit or miss. They can, but sometimes they're the best, which yeah, is so confusing. Right. It's like, damn it, why is Fort Wayne, Indiana the best yeah. uh, show? Why is, and then everything, like five shows on either side of it are terrible, but Fort Wayne is for some, or whatever, like Salt Lake. It's like these, pl- right. these places, these little centers where these kids are that just want to, right. they're just starved for stuff and they're so grateful that you come. And so I really, I really love playing those kinds of places but um but yeah for right now just on the the record just is just going to come out and so we're going to go and do the east coast and then fly to the west coast and then take it from there if there's a demand we'll do you know in the fall we'll come back and yeah i think the biz this is called uh a markets Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you do the b's and c's later yeah, yeah. you know they, the, whole... the b's and c's they don't know that though you, yeah. they don't know that they're the b's and c's so <laughs> the tertiaries we don't like but they are the best shows so yeah they can i mean be. you're not gonna have your best show in new york or la ever yeah ever really are i've you? had yeah i've had my best new york has been incredible really oh yeah you're yeah i mean we have that. our biggest no, i'm not i'm not saying biggest draw i mean most memorable show I've had some memorable ones in New York. Most sure. memorable? Well, all of ours yeah. kind of melded together right, except whatever. for the last four times we played. <laughs> <Not> to discredit. <laughs> it's been St. Vitus, and it all seems like one long night. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, I will say, like, last time we played in New York, it was, like, played at Webster Hall, and, like, the security there was so intense mm-hmm. that it was, like, I had these, like, string cutters, and the guy wouldn't let me in with them, and Whoa. then I got, like, patted down like I was going on, like, like the TSA and like that kind of stuff sort of like mm. how did that me... make you feel was you want to talk about TSA was Jonah? that post Paris <laughs> no pre mm. it was pre um, that place is all they do a lot of they're always like doing like 18 events there though so yeah. like they have all kinds of different things yeah I have like this whole like anti-TSA thing that I I'm like, just kidding don't do it I know, I know. <laughs> but so Brad's kind of goading me a little mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you get that pre-check <laughs> Or does, whatever it's called. I think I might do it, but I hate giving them money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. I'm like, you get, like, it just seems so silly. It's like you do security, but like, if you pay a little money, like, you're good. Yeah. But it seems like it would actually be really convenient. It is insane. I mean, the whole thing is so insane. We're going to look back and hopefully we'll, we'll look back and think how ridiculous it was that we had to, you know, take our shoes off. And Yeah. yeah. Well, I I'm think mostly, that's changing a little bit. I think it is too because I usually now just don't even take my toiletries out and they don't care. Oh, I never ever do. Really? And I didn't take my belt off this time. Yeah. So. That was don't a, make me take my belt off. Well, I, I just never check a bag. So for me, I'm just like, dude, I just want to bring like my toothpaste and my shampoo. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you guys, yeah. I feel you, man. You know what I'm saying. I loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> Preaching the choir. Um, and how personal would you say like the songs are? Because it seems like to me, like sort of reading about and listening a little, like it does seem like there is this political side, but there's also mm. seems like there's a really kind of introspective dynamic as well. Yeah, mostly they're personal. That's mostly what they are. There's only a couple of songs where, and and even the political stuff is is from a very personal perspective it's not like i'm i'm not propaganda you know <laughs> um i'm not sermonizing or anything um yeah it's emotional it's but it's it's a it's it's a it's always been a cathartic sort of process you know songwriting and stuff it's usually me just working it out and it's usually they're usually kind of sad the songs that's yeah. where i go to yeah <laughs> even the unicorn stuff even like that stuff was so colorful and like kind of silly on the surface like underneath it all it was those songs are all bummers too they're just yeah. the contrast of like the, the you know the major key chord progressions and stuff <clears throat> you feel you feel like um it's yeah you feel kind of tricked you're like oh this is real fun on the surface and then you listen a little closer that's kind of been my my angle yeah what do you think draws you to sort of that sort of dichotomy I think it's just a little more, 
I don't know. It's just a little more interesting, maybe, to to feel to fit to to test. You know, the, the, if you're listening, you can listen on a couple levels. You can kind of half listen and have one feeling, and then go a little deeper. And yeah, I don't know. Still figuring it out. Still figuring out how to write songs. I definitely don't don't know how. <laughs> Seven albums in. Good attitude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you have a film premiering tonight? I do, yeah. you talk about that a little bit? That's pretty... In Tribeca? Is it the film festival? Yeah, that's why I'm in town for Tribeca Film Festival. I made a short film, um, moved to LA and got the Hollywood, ca- caught the Hollywood fever. You can um, take your sunglasses off, by the way. Well, <laughs> they just match my wheelchair so, so well. Um, the turtle shell. Um... <laughs> This is turtle's uh, skin, um, <laughs> this upholstery. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, <clears throat> I went to film school in Montreal at, at ages ago and it just sort of um, decided I wanted to get back into it. So I made a short film. What's the name of it? It's called That Dog. All right. And uh, I think after this this premiere at Tribeca, it'll go... It'll go online. Okay. So you'll be able to find it. Um, Star some funny people. It's got Tim Heidecker and Natasha Legero and Michael Sarah and Mark Proch and then Andrea Riseborough, who's also amazing, um, amazing actress. So yeah, I got some really incredible talent and um, I wrote it and directed it. And uh, yeah, it's, it f- yeah, I want to do more. And, and But that's, this is just. Is it the first thing you've done since film school? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. How did you get all those awesome people in it? Um, just cold called their agents and <laughs> stuff, you know. No, I'm friends with, I was friends with all those people. And, um, I, you know, I knew them from around the way. And, and I think they trusted me that I wasn't a complete loser. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, I just had I'd been doing I'd been in LA and so I did I didn't I do music for people's short films or des- design posters for people I, I like to illustrate and stuff too so I was doing like illustration work for people's things and music for people's shorts and all this stuff I was like wait I why am I just doing this stuff like I also want to I have this stuff like I write I, I like to write this kind of stuff so why don't I just do this thing so I had this dream that is the basis of the film it just came to me in a dream and. Um, I wrote it down and then I decided, okay, I'm going to make this. And I, I wrote it sort of with these people in mind who I thought were really talented. And How long is it? It's 15 minutes. Yeah. How long does some, like a project like that start from like conception, like from the dream to like now where it's like premiering at a festival? Yeah. So <clears throat> a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I, dream, I had the dream in 2013 and then 2014 summer of 2014 like i I, wrote, I woke up from the dream at like 3 a.m and i wrote it all down on my phone because it was super vivid and uh it felt super narrative too like it had this this arc that felt really like i was watching it rather than dreaming it and that was in september 2013 and then in like june or july of 2014 i sat down and wrote it and then in the fall um i reached out to Tim and Michael and got them on board and then in and then in January and February of 2015 it was in like kind of pre-production and then in March we shot it April we edited it and in September it premiered it uh, had a world premiere at TIFF Toronto International Film Fest and then now it's having its US premiere at Tribeca so yeah it's slow did you finance it uh note uh uh i did not uh this company called jash uh really great um production company kind of comedy network that's headed up by tim and michael so when i got michael on board he was like how are we gonna how are you gonna pay for it i said i don't know he said well i could forward it to jash jash is great it's it's tim and eric and michael and sarah silverman and reggie watts it's their like kind of network so they, they they make comedy content for online and they also try to yeah make is this comedic this film uh yeah yeah it is it is yeah 
Yes, sir. And how big was like the crew when you when you? When it was you... like fifteen of crew. Uh, it's fifteen to twenty wow. crew. Yeah, it's a big production. Well, it was small. I mean, it was. I mean, we had two cameras and we had, you know, wardrobe and all that stuff. But it was a pretty lean. Fifteen <clears throat> probably included post stuff too, or maybe. Was 20. it fun or was it nerve? It was the most fun. I, I couldn't believe it. I was in heaven. What? How similar would you say it is to the actual dream you had? Well, all the weird dream stuff I got rid of, like there was like social media stuff floating above people's heads. And it was like the, a weird surreal <laughs> element that I ditched. But uh, the basic crux of it is the basic like, th- you know, through line is the exact same. Interesting. Do I want to see this film. Have you tried to do lucid dreaming or anything like that? I have. I I, I used to uh, lucid dream a little bit more often. And sometimes on tour I'll have... Yeah. Lucid dreams. I took a workshop on it. You did? You did? Yeah. Really? At my yoga studio a couple of years ago. That's a sentence. I took a lucid dreaming <laughs> workshop at my yoga studio. Yeah, it's true. It really happened. Uh, How much kombucha do you have to drink <laughs> to induce lucid dreaming? It was this British guy, mm-hmm. and I can find out his name, but he came over and he's like, he's basically like, so I'm a lucid dreaming expert. He was young. He was like probably like 20 late 20s and mm-hmm. he's like i found out when i was really young i could do this so he's like i spent the first couple years just like having sex with all these movie stars it was great and you're like okay whatever and then he's like then i got really into buddhism and all this and stuff. then but he wasn't dreaming then right <laughs> no, that was no, all no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's like he's like so i found out how i could harness it and he was like if you meditate in a dream the the so this is gonna make me sound even this is even crazier. It was mm-hmm. this this specific topic was about dream yoga. Mm. So like he was like if you meditate in a dream, one minute of meditation is like an hour. So if you can get into lucid dreaming and then meditate, meditate. then it's like that's how all these like monks and stuff achieved enlightenment because mm. they would be not just meditating during the day they would be <laughs> meditating at night. And when you do it at night, it's like you're getting in so much more. So. Mm. Wow. And he teaches you techniques to help. Yeah, so basically it. he was like he was like, if you want to do it, here's the thing. Like he's like, keep a notebook next to your bed. Whenever he's like, when you're going to bed, set an intention. So he's like, when you're lying in bed, just be like, don't have music on, don't have any distractions, or just be like, I'm gonna remember my dreams. I'm gonna remember my dream. Like just like say something about it so you mm-hmm. get it in your head. And then he's like, if you wake up and you remember something, you have to write it down because you have to get it out of your brain mm-hmm. and then it leaves room for you. So he was like, just set an intention and write stuff down and then look at it. And he's mm-hmm. like, if you do that every night, eventually. And I tried it for like a couple of weeks and it didn't work. And then I got frustrated. And So you haven't lucid, haven't been No, a dreaming. little bit, but not really. Because it's the best. Yeah. It sounds like <laughs> I only it do be. it by accident, but it's insane. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I got ruined. So when I was really young, my dad essentially like kind of, informed me about lucid dreaming you know like i would have nightmares and i'd be and i and i was trying to figure out how to not have nightmares and my dad be like well you know when you're having a nightmare just realize that that's what it is and he didn't give me any techniques or anything he just kind of made me aware of the fact mm. and pretty soon like i was lucid dreaming i would fucking i just turn around and go like dude this is a dream time to fly and yeah. then <laughs> and then it and i got ruined to it like because i would fly and then I would start coming down and like I'd still be dreaming, but I couldn't fly anymore. I mean, you got in your own head, you got in your own way. Yeah. yeah. And for, and that's to this day, it's kind of that way. I've had lucid dreams where it's like, what does it matter? It's just a dream. Who ca- I know I could fly, but who cares? It's not real. <laughs> yeah. I just like, oh, man. Yeah. And that then when I got, like how I would be as nihilistic and But then I would get dreams. older and like have, and be, and be having a dream and be like, wait a minute, this is a dream. I'm going to fuck her. <laughs> And like, and literally be like, no, no, you know what? I can find somebody better, and I'll walk around my dream and find it. But then, as soon as I start having sex with them, they turn into like a fucking toaster or something. Mm, ouch! It, sure all, it never works. It never works. The best, you know, the best part of lucid dreaming is when I don't do anything crazy, and I just start examining details. Like I'll be in nature or something and i'll start looking and just try to because i i I remember thinking one time like okay this is a dream like how how detailed is my mind on this and i'll look at like the bark of a tree or like a flower and be like okay is this a real flower like is this based on a real flower or is this something i'm making up 
And that's the most co- that's the coolest part of it. Yeah, because there's so many details. Mm. Yeah, like and 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 it's really fascinating. Although it's questionable about how. Like maybe in my dream, I think it's really, really, really detailed and really intense. And the truth is, it's like being on drugs. Like, well, maybe it's not anything special. Drugs also are bit, like when I stopped smoking as much pot, I remember my dreams so much mm-hmm. more. Like mm-hmm. if you smoke a lot of weed, like you never remember your dreams. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know why, but just a tip to scrambles your brain. Yeah. All the young kids out there listening to this podcast. <laughs> don't do drugs if you want to lose a dream. Yeah, man. Maybe this whole podcast has been a dream. <laughs> It's pretty dreamy. Chat with you guys. All right. Wow. How about that? I wish I could make a film, but it seems like way too much work. Uh, I'm going to make a film someday, I hope. I don't know. Yeah. Might have to. I don't know if I'll be able to. I might have to self finance it, though. Oh, but you know, so Nick has two albums coming out. I have. I should probably start hyping my records. Yeah, at the end of the podcast, it's always the best time to hype something. <laughs> That's what I always do, too. I have two releases coming Let's hear out. about it, Brad. In the next few weeks, because uh, I have a digital record label, Soundwag, um, and I'm re-releasing uh, an album by Playdate, who is a friend of mine's band. They did an EP maybe eight or ten years ago. Um, it's pop punk. It's fun. Uh and then a week after that, I'll be releasing a bunch of unreleased Goops material, which uh, is pretty interesting. It kind of documents an undocumented part of the band's career, which is the early part. Um, so that's the end of May, beginning of June. I get so where releases. can people find those? Go to soundwag.com and you can link from there to whatever you need to And I to heard know. some of the Goops stuff here. It sounded great. Thank um, you. Soundwag, since it's coming out on Soundwag, are they rough mixes? Uh, the goop stuff. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really bad oh, joke. Like wag and rough. <laughs> Dude, it went right over my head. It's, I mean, it was pretty bad. I'm trying so hard to be serious here, John. I know, I know. My... You know, Stephen posted this article on my Facebook wall about people that can't stop thinking about puns and it's actually a disease. <laughs> and I was reading it. It's, a, it was, you're at the it's in the BBC. I was like, this is me. I have this disease. <laughs> yeah. It's like a real thing. We could tell you that. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick in the head. Sick for Christ's sake. Um, but yeah, check out, go to sandwag.com. Check out both these records. They sound awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to check them out. You should too. Check out both of the New Islands records too. Um, you can donate to us, goingofftrack.com if you want. Help us with our server costs or just leave us a nice review. Tweet at us. Send us a message. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Hey. If you see us on the street, say hi. I had the best thing ever happen to me yesterday. Uh, we're almost done, but uh, <laughs> I was at yoga and I was getting dressed. I was dressed and I was like sort of in the room putting my shoes on and some guy just turned to me and goes, are you the pun guy? No way. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I was at the Beach Slang show. I saw you doing all the puns before. And, oh. like, and it turns out he was actually had been an article about him was in Noisy because last year at Riot Fest, he did a, like a Craigslist misconnection because he made out with some girl with a sublime tattoo <laughs> and he was trying to find her. So they wrote this article about it. It's really funny. But uh, I think his name was Chris. A super nice dude. But yeah, like getting recognized as the pun guy to me was like a small victory. It's not going to help your disease, dude. No, it's not. Now, I'm like, <laughs> now it's like feeding my ego. So I feel like I have this whole thing to live up to. It's, we'll get into it some other time. It's, it's just tormenting. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Nick. Thanks to Converse Rubber Tracks. And we'll be back with something next Wednesday.